Have you ever taken a wrong road somewhere? Huh? Come on. Yeah? And lots of times when you took the wrong road at first, at first you thought it was the right road, didn't you? That's why you were on it. Now, somebody tell us, how long did you go before you realized it was the wrong road? Do what? What? Still run out of gas. (laughs) That's good. What else? I I remember somebody else. I I don't want to tell my story. You you tell me your story. Make it brief. But you're on the wrong road. You felt like it was the right road. Yeah. Uh I don't remember saying that. Yeah, I don't don't remember saying that. I wasn't there last time. Have you ever been driving somewhere and, boy, I've done this. Have you ever been driving somewhere and your mind was just kind of disengaged? You know, Yogi Berra said something like, if you don't know where you're going, you probably will end up there. Something like that. Yeah, I've done that before where I'm just driving and my mind is just disengaged. I'm thinking of something else and, and uh, you know, I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing, not paying attention to where I'm going, and, and, and I've just ended up on the wrong road. And the, the, the bad thing about going on the wrong road, then you've got to turn around and go back unless you're going to try to take a different road, you know. Um, I remember I was, I was taking our family to the beach. Now, I don't know about you when you travel. When I travel, uh, I like to get there. You know, there's a reason we're going from point A to point B. And we we don't know. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason we're going to point A to point B. And and, and I don't see any reason in, you know, making it a longer journey than it has to be. And so I want to get there. And so I hammer down. uh, We'll stop for a bathroom if you need it. But otherwise, we're going to keep going. And so I'm just, I got the family asleep. I'm going to the beach, and, and I'm driving, and I'm just daydreaming. And all of a sudden, I recognize I'm in Charlotte. Like, it's not where I was planning on going. <laughs> Almost to Charlotte. Not quite, I wasn't downtown Charlotte. Almost to Charlotte. I was so frustrated. Everybody else was asleep. And so I turned the wheel, and I, I go on another road, different direction. And, and when they woke up, it's like, where are we? Where are we? You don't want to know. <laughs> you know trust me, you don't want to know. Uh, <clears throat> the interesting thing about that, again, is that you thought you were going in the right direction. But you just didn't think it through enough to find out. There's a lesson in our mistakes. I want you to listen to this lesson. The only way to end up at the right destination is to choose the right road. Too often people are trying to go to the right destination on the wrong road. The metaphor of life as a journey is a familiar one. The Bible frequently talks about the path that we choose. Uh, Jesus said, for example, Matthew 7, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road. Listen to this, broad is the road that leads to destruction. Broad is, hear that church, broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. <clears throat> but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. 
and only if you find it. The only way to end up at the right destination is to choose the right road. But now here's the big question. The big question is, how do you stay on the right road? Because sometimes in life, we can start out on the right road and not stay on it. We can get detoured. We can divert to some other place, some other interest. And how do you stay on the right road? <clears throat> Maybe the best way to help you understand that is use the illustration of bowling. It's been a while since I've been bowling, but uh, <clears throat> do they still have, if anybody's been bowling, do they still have bumper lanes? But what's the bumper lane for? Keeps you on track. I like the way you say that. Keeps you on track. The bumper, in other words, you can't throw it in the gutter, can you? Keeps you out of the gutter. You can't throw it in the gutter. The bumper lane, <clears throat> the bumper lane keeps the ball in the lane. Have you found out now there are no bumper lanes in life? Be nice if there was. Sure make my job a whole lot easier if, if there was, but <clears throat> we all have the capacity to get off track. We all have the capacity to end up in the gutter. Every one of us, and listen to me, listen to me. If you think you don't, you're heading there. I can't tell you the number, uh, my heart has been grieved lately, the number of, of pastor friends. I'm not talking about my church, I'm talking about pastor friends. I can't tell you the number of pastor friends in the last several months who have taken the wrong road and they're out of ministry. No bumper lanes in life. Even those who start out strong don't always finish that way. I, I meant to bring a book with me. I, I ran off and forgot it. It's kind of been a busy evening, but <clears throat> I was gonna, maybe I'll read it to you next time. But it, it's a story that Johnny Hunt tells in his new book. A meeting with a pastor and his wife at a restaurant. And the pastor tearfully said, Johnny, I saw you at the Southern Baptist Convention, and I wish I had confided in you then because... If I had told you then, I feel like you would have thrown me an anchor and I would have avoided the bad mistake that I've made. You know what the bad mistake was? I had an affair with the secretary without a ministry. He sat there at the restaurant with his wife and Johnny said she looked like she was doing everything she could to stay in the seat. It looked like she wanted to run out of the restaurant. He sat there with his wife and he tearfully talked about his regrets. Tearfully talked about the bad decisions that he made and how much he regretted what he had done and how he had repented of it. And Johnny said it all sounded really good, but within two or three months he was back in the arms of the secretary. <clears throat> That's a pastor. There are no bumper lanes in life. Remember the old hymn, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. Do you know why that guy wrote that song? Because it's true. I don't know the background behind it, but I know it's true. We are prone to wander. We are prone to leave the God I love. And you might be doing really good right now, and I hope you are. I really do. I hope you're doing well. Maybe the best you've done, uh, maybe you're closer to God than you've ever been. But it doesn't mean you might not do something stupid tomorrow. 
Honda motorcycles, Steve can testify to this. Honda motorcycles, at least they used to. I don't know if they still do, Steve. Honda motorcycle has a slogan that says, stupid hurts. And <clears throat> it does. You might do something stupid tomorrow and get off track. And I want to say it one more time. We all have that capacity. We all have that potential. Now, you add to that, not only do we have that capacity to take the wrong path, to mindlessly do the wrong thing. Not only do we have that capacity, but add to that, there are some people who want to pull us off track. They want us to join them in their sin. It may be a boss who has no morals. It may be a co-worker who has started to flirt. It may be an old friend who showed up on Facebook. Maybe it's someone you've, you've, you've met in other social media. All of a sudden, you started getting pictures from this lady you didn't know. And if you're not careful, you'll end up walking down a road that leads to heartache and walking down a road that leads to destruction. <clears throat> I think one of the most important things I ever learned in 32 years of pastoring is this. Life is all about choices. Every journey you take. You face choices. Every fork in the road, you face choices. Every day you live, you make choices. And choices have consequences. Now, what does all this have to do with walking in wisdom? If we can walk in wisdom, we can avoid regret. Help me with this. Uh, what does the word regret mean? What, how would you define regret? Wishing you had not done something. That's a good definition. Anybody else? Sorrowful. Yes, absolutely. Wishing you had not done something. Sorrowful. Understanding you can't undo what you did. You can't rewind the tape. You can't play it over. You're not going to get a mulligan. You blew it. And you blew it big time. Or you're doing, you're in the process of doing that now. That's why the Bible has a book in it called Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is, is a book about wisdom. Let, let me just show you this. Go to chapter 1. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Uh, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, and, and here's what they are. For attaining what, church? For attaining wisdom, for gaining or attaining wisdom, and not just wisdom, but what's the next word? Discipline. What's discipline? The ability to do the right thing even if you don't feel like doing it. Discipline. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair. The writer is saying here, <clears throat> Solomon is saying, listen, I'm giving you some proverbs that will help you guide, that will help guide you in life. Verse 4, for giving prudence to the simple and knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding Proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. And look what he says in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. 
Fools despise wisdom and discipline. So the book of Proverbs is really a book of wisdom. I, I told somebody recently that um, lots of preachers that I know, and, and I, I've done this in the past as well, probably some of our staff have done this as well, but, but lots of preachers that I know have the habit of reading one chapter from Proverbs every day. And there's 31 Proverbs, so there's, on most months you can read a chapter a day. So whatever day, what is today's date? 15th? Is it 15th? So if we were doing that, then today we'd read chapter 15. Tomorrow we'd read Proverbs chapter 16. Next day, Proverbs chapter 17. And some pastors, they have it as part of their, their daily quiet time with God. They're going to read one chapter a day pertaining to that day of the month. One chapter a day, reading it every day, every month, 12 months a year. And the reason, and I've heard Johnny Hunt say this, I, uh, the reason that they read Proverbs a chapter a day and they'll read it this month and they'll read it next month and they'll read it the next month is because there's so much wisdom in this book and the wisdom in this book is is there to help you stay on the right path and avoid regret <clears throat> recently in my time with God I said Keith how, how did you come to this to this study recently in my time with God Oh, by the way, I, I told the uh, uh, disciple now, I mean not disciple now, Discover Mount Airy folks, we got a lot of folks over there, a lot of our deacons are over there, if you wonder where is everybody, I know it's summer and everybody's on vacation, got a, a pretty good group of people over in the next building, but, but I told them over there, I, I was listening to a preacher, uh, just I think it was this week, Vance Pittman, great pastor in Las Vegas, and he doesn't refer to, <clears throat> to his quiet time as a quiet time, he, he calls it his God time. Kind of like that, my God time. So in your God time, it might be good for you just to take some time to read through the book of Proverbs. So recently in my God time, uh, I was reading through some Proverbs, and I, I read Proverbs chapter 2. And the more I read it, the more it came to life. And so that's what I want to teach you tonight. And then I'll tell you later what we're going to do beyond tonight. So Proverbs chapter 2, if you have your Bibles... In Proverbs chapter 2, there are three paths that are, that are written about here. <clears throat> I'm going to read all of this, the, the, all 22 verses, follow along carefully, and look for the word path or paths as I read. My son, <clears throat> if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding... And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. But I tell you, that, that would be a verse just to highlight. Uh, verse 6, the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you'll understand what is right and just and fair, and look at the word, in every good path. You'll understand then where the good path is, is what he's saying. Notice the good path. Verse 10. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you 
from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths. There's the word again. There are men who are trying to encourage us through their perverted words to leave the straight paths and to walk in what kind of ways? Dark ways. They want us to join them in their darkness. Who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil. Whose paths, there's the word again, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death, and her paths, there it is again, to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths, there it is, of life. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men, <coughs> And to keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. So in this text, in this chapter, there are three paths that are described here. First is, uh, just kind of break down the chapter for you, then we'll dig into it. Uh, in verses 1 through 9, he talks about the path of walking with God. Now, this is not my outline. I'm just trying to break down the, the text for you. He talks about the path of walking with God. And then verses 10 through 19, he talks about uh, the second path of walking with the wicked. Walking with the wicked. And in verses 20 and 22, the path of walking with good men. So, let me pause for a moment before we get into the text and just talk to you for a second. I've been a pastor for 32 years, almost 32 years. It'll be 32 in, uh, in August. I've talked to a lot of people in 32 years. I have no idea how many. Talked to a lot of people. And many times, they want to discuss their problems. Hear my heart on this. I'm not criticizing. I'm not condemning. I'm not pointing fingers. But they come to me because they want to talk about their problems. In reality, they really don't have problems. You know what, what the problem is they're walking on the wrong path they've chosen to live in the wrong direction and though they come hoping for a solution they don't need a solution they need a new path that makes sense you're not your life's not going to change if you stay on the same path there is no solution if you keep walking in that direction you know, each day we're really taking steps in a specific direction. Each day we're taking steps toward a, a specific destination. Now, sometimes people have said to me, Pastor, I never, I never dreamed I would end up here. Well, why not? That's the path you've been walking on. I, I never intended for this to happen. I, I know deep down you didn't. I know you didn't intend for that to happen. But the direction that you're taking, the direction you've been walking leads to the destination you arrived at, right? You don't just magically appear somewhere, you, you walk towards it. There's a destination and you're heading in a direction. And Proverbs chapter 2 says, be careful about what direction you're walking in. <clears throat> Write this down if you're taking notes. I will always end up where the road I've chosen takes me. I will always end up where the road I've chosen 
takes me. Just as there are paths that lead us to places we never intended to be, thank the Lord there's also paths that lead us away from those places. And that's what Proverbs 2 is talking about. That be sure you take the paths that lead away from these places. So Proverbs 2 talks about how do you stay on the right path and how do you avoid the wrong path. All right, so let's dig in. First, if you're taking notes, let me give you the outline. If you want to, here's the title, Walk in Wisdom. Here's, if you want to walk in wisdom and avoid regret, here's number one. Go ahead and put it up there. Take your walk with God seriously. Verses 1 through 9 is the text. But notice how he begins chapter 2. What, how does he begin? What's the first couple of words in chapter 2, verse 1? Say it a little louder. Who is he writing to? He's writing to his son. Look in chapter 1, verse 8. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. Do, do not forsake your mother's teaching. Chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you. Chapter uh, 3, verse 11. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or do not resent his rebuke. Chapter 4, verse 1, listen, my son, to a father's instruction. And on and on we could go throughout the book. Solomon wrote from the perspective of a loving father who's trying to give wise counsel to his kids. The question is this, will they follow his advice? Can, can I ask you a question? Have your kids always followed your advice? If they have, you need to write a book because it's going to be like a bestseller. No, your kids have not always followed your advice, but you gave them good advice, right? Isn't that frustrating? You gave them good advice. You, you know what's best for them. You're older. You've been through it. You've experienced some things in life. You're a little further down the road than they are. You know what they need to do. You've tried to give them advice, and I'm not talking about demanding. And I'm just saying you've tried to instruct them. But they don't always receive it that way, do they? And that's heartbreaking sometimes, and it's frustrating all the time. That's Solomon. Solomon is writing to his son. He's not just writing a letter for the Bible. He's not just writing a book for the Bible. He's not just writing for us at Mount Airy, though he, is, he ultimately, by the Holy Spirit, did all of those things. But he's writing to his son, and the question is, will his son pay attention? Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. Every time he mentions my son, it's always in the context of pleading with him to listen and pay attention. You can read all through the book where he does that. Uh, chapter 5, verse 1 is, is another example. My son, pay attention to my wisdom and listen well to my words of insight. So whenever he says my son, he's trying to get his attention and he's trying to convince his son to listen well and to pay attention. And the father knows the value of what he's going to share. The father knows the truthfulness of what he's about to say. He's not trying to give information. He's trying to guide his son around the minefields of life. <clears throat> now, here's the hard question. Have you ever had a teenager who just wouldn't listen? No, I have to answer that out loud. Ever had a teenager who, they just kind of went through that phase, or maybe they're in it now, and it's like, I, I, <clears throat> maybe I can say it to you this way. I think Steve Crow said this to me one time. He said, you know, now that my kids are getting older, I'm getting a whole lot more smarter. Getting a whole lot smarter. 
Know what he meant by that? When their kids are at a certain age, you don't know anything, do you? They know everything. You're dumb as dirt. And they know everything because they're 17 and they got life figured out. But when they get older, they start understanding a little bit about mom and dad a little bit smarter than I thought they were. Dad may have something up there after all. You know? So here's the question. Are, will Solomon's son listen and pay attention? Uh, look at chapter 14. Just run quickly. Chapter 14, verse 12. <clears throat> chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. There is a way that seems right, but it leads to death. This is the reason we need to listen and pay attention to God. This is the reason we need to pay attention to what God is saying. This is the reason that we need wisdom from the Lord. Because there is a way that seems right to us. But in the end, it leads to death and it leads to regret and it leads to remorse. So if we're going to walk in wisdom, first of all, we need to take God seriously. <clears throat> let, me, uh, let me ask you a question. It's kind of a big question, but let, then we're going to get into the text. What's the difference between being smart and being wise? Is there a difference? Yeah. Do what? Yeah. <clears throat> you know what wisdom is? <clears throat> wisdom is knowing what you ought to do and doing it. That's wisdom. Knowing what you ought to do and doing it. Wisdom is based on two things. From a biblical perspective, biblical wisdom is based on two things. What God says and how the world works. Who knows how the world works better than God? Nobody. God knows how the world works. By the way, God knows how you work. God created you. He knows how you're made up. He knows what pushes your buttons. He knows how you work. So who better to give us insight to walk wisely than God? And wisdom is knowing what we ought to do and doing it. You see, some Bob Goff said it this way. I love this statement. He said, the only difference between being smart and being wise is everything. I love that. The only difference between being smart and being wise is everything. You know what he's saying? Shortest translation, he's saying this. Smart people do dumb things. Smart people can do dumb things, but wise people if I have to choose between being smart and being wise, I want to choose wisdom every time. Wisdom is knowing what you ought to do and doing it. It's understanding God and how God wants the, the world to work. <clears throat> so how do we get this wisdom? That's the big question. Let's go back now. Proverbs chapter 2. We're going to dig into the text for the next 20 minutes or so. Proverbs chapter 2. Here's what he says. Look at the first nine verses. I want you to listen for the if-then statements that are in this text. It's God's way of saying, it's up to you. 
It's up to you. My son, if you accept my words and store my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair in every good path. God is saying, listen, there's my part and there's your part. God's always willing to do his part. We don't often do our part, though. <clears throat> we often run off on the wrong road, expecting it eventually to get to a dis- different destination. And God says, no, that's not the way it works. If you will do these things, and there's eight imperatives, if you put that on the screen, there's eight imperatives, the next slide here. Notice these eight imperatives in this text, verses 1 through 4. This paragraph shows us that we, how to f- find wisdom. First of all, he says, son, if you accept my words or receive my words, here's the imperative. You, you have to accept what I'm telling you. Don't reject it. Accept it. Accept my words. Then he talks about store up my commands within you. What do you think that means, to store up my commands within you? What do you think that means? Say it louder. Remember. How are you going to remember? Store it up. What, what would we, we liken that to in current day time? Memorizing. Memorizing Scripture. Accept what I've said. Store it up within you. Memorize Scripture. And then he says, look at this. Turning your, verse 2, turning your ear. Focus on listening. Turn your ear is another imperative. Turn your ear. What are you listening to? Maybe a better question is this. Who are you listening to? Because who you're listening to may determine what path you're walking on. Turn your ear towards God. Apply your heart to understanding, he says next. It's not just a head thing. It has to be a heart thing. Apply your heart to understanding. Call out for insight. Ask God to reveal his truth to you. Another imperative. Cry aloud. In other words, pray for understanding. Pray for God to show you this wisdom. And then he says, look for it. Search for it. Look for it. Search for it. In other words, whenever you're looking for something and you're searching for something, I want to tell you, you're always intentional. I have this habit. I have this gift. And staff know this. My family knows this. I just have this gift. I lose my wallet and my phone and my keys all the time. Not necessarily all together. But I'm forever. Where's my wallet? Where's my wallet? I'm forever. Where, where are my keys? Where, where are my keys? I'm forever, where's my phone? Where did I leave my phone? I, I'm forever having to look for those things. I, I did that yesterday. I was looking for my wallet. I had no idea where it was. No idea where it was. When you don't have any money, you don't worry about where the wallet is, you know? So I, you know, I just I had to go looking for it. And whenever, whenever you're looking for something, you're intentional about it. You're trying to find it. Listen, the Bible says you're not going to find wisdom just 
you don't get it through osmosis. You got to look for it. You got to be intentional about it. You got to search for it. You got to work for it. You got to you got to look for it and search for it if you really want to walk in wisdom. Now, perhaps the most important word so far is going to be the word then in verse 5 and 6. Then, if you do all of these things, these eight imperatives, then you'll understand the fear of the Lord and you'll find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Attaining spiritual wisdom takes work. It's not a once-a-week hobby where we come to church on Sunday morning or Sunday night. It's not a, it's, it takes investing time and energy. There's a price to pay if you want spiritual wisdom. But listen to me. There's a greater price to pay if you don't gain spiritual wisdom. There's a price to pay if you want spiritual wisdom. It's right there. There's a price to pay if you want spiritual wisdom. But there's a greater price to pay you don't. Now, <clears throat> I, I, I mentioned it a moment ago, but I, I just feel like I need to draw your attention back to one other word before we move on. It's the word you. My son, if you, verse 1, if you, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom, applying your heart to understanding. If you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Question, who's responsible for your walk with God? You are. Who's responsible for learning and living God's word? You are. You are. A simple lesson, but a powerful lesson. Who's responsible? You are. I'd, I, well, I'd rather just kind of walk down this other road and just go do my own thing, and, and then hopefully somehow I'm going to get over here. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and this and then eventually. I'm, no, no, you're responsible. <clears throat> and if you take God seriously, he will do likewise. Verse 7 and 8, it talks about he. He holds the victory in store. In contrast to you, if you take your relationship with God seriously, he holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. You must walk with God each day through the study and application of God's word. And I would encourage you to take the book of Proverbs and just do a chapter a day, and just as part of your God time. Just a chapter a day and trying to discern God's wisdom. Maybe that's not the only thing that you do, but every day reading a chapter from Proverbs will help you gain wisdom and show you the need to take God's word seriously. Number two, if we don't want to walk with wisdom, number two is this, follow the voice of wisdom. Follow the voice of wisdom. Listen, <clears throat> Listen here, this, in verses 10 through 19, we, we meet two groups of people, actually one group and one individual. We meet in this text the wicked men and the adulteress. Both are dangerous because they want to lead God's children away from God's path. Verse 10. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will do what? Will protect you. And understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. 
for men whose words are perverse. Maybe you work with some people like that. Maybe there's some wicked men that you work around, and they're perverted. They're perverted in their language. They're perverted in their text messages. They're perverted in what they show you on the phone. They're just a perverted man or perverted men or perverted women. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths and walk in dark ways. And it's not enough for them to walk in dark ways. They want you to walk in those dark ways with them. They try to entice you to join them in the darkness. Who delight, verse 14, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Evil men use perverse words to lead you astray. But then he talks about another individual, beginning of verse 16. He talks about an evil woman, and he refers to this evil woman as an adulteress. And just like the men use perverse words to lead you astray, the adulteress uses seductive words to lead you astray. It will save you, verse 16, it will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with her seductive words. There's the phrase. Who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. So so here, notice this. She once was in a relationship with God. Now she's an adulteress. She made a covenant before God. She was once dedicated to God. She once served God. Now she's serving her fleshly pleasures. She ignored the covenant she made with God. She left the partner of her youth for her house, verse 18. Her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None go to her, none who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Did you notice the power of words in this text? Men with their perverse words, the seductress or the adulteress with her seductive words. Would you notice the power of words? You see, who you hang around with and who you listen to matters. It helps shape your life. It helps shape your response to life. Who you listen to matters. I can't say that strong enough. Who you listen to and who you hang around with matters. Satan can talk you into a lot of things if you're not listening to the Lord. You act on the voice of wisdom, you'll receive the benefit and you'll ignore the voice of wisdom and experience the consequences. So how do we walk with wisdom? Number two is this, we follow the voice of wisdom. And number three, we're going to walk in wisdom. Number three, number, there it is. Walk where other godly people walk. This is really good. Wisdom allows you to walk where other, other, other godly people have walked. Listen to what he says in verse 22. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it, but the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. The upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. Wisdom allows you to walk with the upright. allows you to hang around the right kind of people. It allows you to have the right kind of friends. The safest, most satisfying path is the path of walking 
with God. So walking with godly people is going to help you. And maybe you've been on the wrong path. Maybe you've walked that path for a while now, and, and you're ready to get off that path. You want to walk in wisdom. One of the ways that you do that is to get around the right people, godly people who will walk that path with you. Godly people who will help you understand what wisdom is all about and how to follow the Word of God in your life. Now, would you see how all of this fits together? <clears throat> Here's what we're going to be doing um, for the next several weeks. On Sunday nights, we're going to be coming in and doing what I did tonight. We're going to be looking at a chapter in Proverbs. I'd encourage you to read the book of Proverbs during this study. But on Sunday nights, we're going to be coming in here and looking for, for a few weeks, looking at a chapter in Proverbs. On Wednesday night, starting this Wednesday night, we're going to do something that is just that will complement what we're doing on Sunday nights. Andy Stanley is going to be doing our video teaching on the next two Wednesday nights. It's a video class called Ask It. It, basically, the premise of that study is this. You need to ask the right question. And the right question is, what's the wise thing to do? Now, he does a wonderful job of teaching. So we're going to be, Andy's going to be teaching, and then we'll have some, some discussion time about that. Uh, his teaching time is about 39, 40 minutes, and we'll do some discussion around it. So here's, here's how we're going to do this. Sunday nights, Proverbs. Wednesday nights, talking about asking the right question. And Andy actually, in the second lesson, I believe it is, he'll talk about the book of Proverbs. And, and he'll, he's in chapter 7 of Proverbs and chapter 9 of Proverbs. And he'll be looking at different verses and talking about the wise and the simple and the foolish. So basically what I'm saying to you is this. For the next several weeks, we're just going to, to kind of combine Wednesday night and Sunday night and shoot at the same target. And the target is this. How do we walk in wisdom and avoid regret? There's not a person here that doesn't need that. Even again, even if you are in the best you've ever been in your walk with God, you still need wisdom so you can stay on that path. We all need wisdom. So Andy Stanley is a wonderful communicator. I hope that you'll be here Wednesday night. Let's continue this. Folks from the, light, from the uh, Discover Mount area hopefully will be over here on Wednesday night too. And then come back next Sunday night. Lord willing, I'll be here. And uh, we'll be digging into another chapter of Proverbs. And uh, Lord, help us to walk in wisdom this week. Help us to walk the right path this week. Help us to understand, Lord, that if we're on the wrong path, it's our direction that determines our destination, not our intentions. It's our direction that determines our destination, where we end up, not our intentions. I never intended to do this. I never intended to be here. I never intended for this to happen. It's our direction that we're walking day by day that determines our destination, not our intentions. So may the Lord give us wisdom the next several weeks as we learn how to walk with him better father in the name of jesus we're grateful that you've given us a book of wisdom a book that warns us how to stay on the right path and how to avoid the wrong path this week 
may, as we've just read in chapter 2, help us to apply this, Lord. Help us to avoid men of perverse speech. Men and women uh, who are perverse in their speech, help us to avoid them and to walk a path of godliness. Help us to avoid the path of the adulterous. That person with their seductive words who would like to lure us into their darkness. Help us to walk in wisdom, to walk in godliness, to walk with you. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.